Witherspoon. What a night for the rookie. You think they love him in Seattle? How about six points? Outside, Kale Fleury. McCann, what a save! Jack Campbell with his best. Even though they've turned a lot of double plays. Oh, there's a drive to deep left field, and the ball game is over. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go. Saul 22 on the Kevin Carius Show for a beautiful day in October. October 4th. Here we go. Yes, uh... Going to be a great weekend weather-wise. Not so great today and tomorrow, but you know what? Take that for a nice October long weekend coming up. Uh, then there were two, as in two preseason games for the Oilers starting tonight uh, with the Calgary Flames. And then there was one, possibly, possibly one more playoff game for the Toronto Blue Jays after losing last uh, yesterday afternoon, 3-1 to one, to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, it was the Royce Lewis show as he pounded out two home runs against Kevin Gosman. Man, oh man, Jays are up against it again. Uh, that win, by the way, ended an 18-game losing streak for the Twins. And now the Jays have lost six straight in the playoffs, uh, dating back a few years. Let's welcome in the Duke of Delburn. On a great Wednesday morning. How are you doing, Duke? I'm sure you kind of kept an eye on the Jays game, or are you still on strike, or where are you with that? No, no, I was tuned in for the last couple games of the series just to get back into the, yeah. the groove of things. Like I said the, the streak of them winning when I wasn't watching it had been broken, so I, I was off that <sighs> train. And yeah, tuned into the whole game, um, listened to most of it on my drive home, or the start mm-hmm. of it, I should say, on my drive home from here yesterday, uh, and then watched it once I got home. And yeah, just disappointment, sadness, pain, pain everywhere. <sighs> It was disappointing, and that was, the I think, a pretty good epitome of the uh, Blue Jays we've seen all season, the only difference being that your ace wasn't really your ace mm-hmm. on that day. The bullpen was great, the hitting wasn't, and that was kind of it. Well, it's a, almost a microcosm of what's gone on for the Blue Jays this season. The Jays' pitching has been very good, uh, and for the most part, the Jays' pitching has hidden the lack of Jays' hitting. So the pitching is... Over, over, it's 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 taken over. It's it's hidden all the deficiencies of what's happened uh, at the plate for the Jays. They had opportunities again to score runs. They had opportunities uh, that maybe didn't work out the way they wanted to in decision making. Although I don't really, really fault a lot of um, the aggressiveness for Bo Bichette trying to score. Uh, it was a great play by Carlos Correa to, to slide over, but it wasn't even close in the sense that he ran through the stop sign. I get that. Um, but it was a situation where trying to make something happen, and with the way the Jays have been hitting with runners in scoring position, it might have been their best bet uh, to try to get on the board early. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Are the Jays done? Let us know what you think. One more game this afternoon, or do they play two? Uh, today it'll be Jose Barrios up against Sonny Gray. Now, 
Brios played in Minnesota. He has a comfort zone there. A lot of people are wondering, well, Chris Bassett, I mean, he was really good down the stretch. Bassett is ready to go no matter what. If there's any sign of any signs of, of Brios faltering, he will have such a short leash today, it won't even be funny. Uh, lefties out of the bullpen. You say Kikuchi. We've been talking about it kind of all week with the left-handed, tilted Minnesota Twins lineup. Uh, does you say Kikuchi see maybe a little bit of an extended time? Perfect case scenario, best case scenario, the Jays come out and win. Today, Burrios goes, I don't know, five innings, six innings. Kikuchi comes in, mops things up, moves that batting order over from the Minnesota Twins from left to right, and maybe we see a game three tomorrow where Chris Bassett starts. You know, having said that, Duke, we always say sports is a game of inches. Matt Chapman pumps one 400 feet and beautiful catch at the wall by Michael A. Taylor. It could have been a three-run shot. It's a longer ball than what Royce Lewis hit, but was it to the wrong part of the ballpark? Text line one 401 Do the Jays have a chance to come back against Minnesota? They've lost six straight playoff games. Royce Lewis, two home runs. Now, Royce Lewis just came off the the, the uh, IR the uh, right before the playoffs. He was out for a couple weeks. So a lot of people really don't know a lot about Royce Lewis. This guy was a number one overall draft pick. He was a number one overall draft pick back in 2017. Uh, but has been injured, has been hurt. He has had more than his fair share of injuries. Finally, finally, maybe showing all the people in the Twins organization that he is a cornerstone to build around. I mean, he sure looked like it yesterday. The first home run was uh, uh, really pulled on an inside pitch. The second one of the opposite field. Um, But he's just had, I mean, chronic, chronic injuries that have kept him down uh, on, you know, basically the depth chart in Minnesota, not been able to kind of push through to get to a situation where he was uh, challenging for a roster spot almost every season. But two for three, two home runs and a walk. 3-1 is the final in game one, so game two goes tomorrow. Um, Royce Lewis didn't get to the the major leagues until 2022 after being drafted in 2017. That's a long time. He only played 23 games uh, in 2022. Then he went back down. Again, he was hurt again. Uh, Played this year, ended up playing... 20 or 58 games and he sort of kind of got in his groove down the stretch then he was injured again and everyone's going man this guy is I, I mean they were talking about him between him and Brian Buxton basically being the same so uh if he can do what he did yesterday and keep going in that trajectory he's what a couple years late and most guys drafted in 2017 are probably contributing right now six years uh, after the draft but uh, man oh man uh, he sure looks like a hell of a ball player uh the atmosphere what did you think of the atmosphere duke when you got home from the drive the atmosphere in minnesota target field electric they wanted it they wanted it bad and you said right at the top it's been 18 straight playoff mm-hmm. losses for this franchise uh, going back to 2004 and i believe it was the ds uh, series of the American League where they won game one. And like, this is a team that's been back to the playoffs a lot of times. 18 games in the MLB, 
when you're only playing one game, that's a lot of years in the playoffs without a win. So the fans wanted it, and you could tell they were uh, they were giving it mm-hmm. to Gosman. <laughs> they were. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. I was jealous. They were really giving it to Gosman, who it seemed every second pitch, and yes, I'm exaggerating, threw the ball back to the umpire. Wanted a new ball. Didn't like the feel of it. The Twins showed incredible patience for his splitter. Nobody chased that. That was the game plan going in. Nobody chased the splitter. Uh, he was forced to throw uh, fastballs. The two fastballs that went out of the park by Royce, the two pitches that went out of the park by Royce Lewis were fastballs. One on the interior of the plate. The other one a little bit over uh, when he went the other way. But um, Gosman only threw four innings. Uh, really said that he didn't have his best game after the game. The Jays, again, will counter with Jose Barrios, and he will be on a short leash. Uh, even, you, you know, they had guys up in the bullpen in the second inning uh, yesterday. So, um, But that 18-game playoff losing streak for the win, man, that is a long time. And now six straight losses for the Jays. Pablo Lopez was very good. We shouldn't probably re- uh, mention him because he went five and two-thirds. And then, and we've been talking about it all week, Johan Duran, and I kind of know this guy because I actually had him in a baseball draft last year and then traded for him this year. But Johan Duran, I thought, was going to be, after he walked with Merrifield, I thought the, the house of cards could be coming down because he has been erratic with his control at times. Um he threw three straight breaking balls for the first strikeout of the inning, uh, came back with some high heat, and he can throw 103, 104 miles an hour. Uh, we'll see where Johan Duran goes uh, moving forward. So as we touched on, and then there were two, as in preseason games for the Edmonton Oilers. And tonight they take on the Calgary Flames at Rogers Place. The Oilers 3-2-1 and one, um, went down to... Uh, Oilers practice yesterday uh, was at the downtown community arena. They were having some kind of a, a fantasy draft uh, at the main ice at Rogers. Uh, kind of looked pretty neat. They brought the scoreboard down and everything had a bunch of tables for a draft uh, yesterday afternoon last night. So uh, anyway, roster moves for the Oilers uh, sent down yesterday. Seth Griffiths, uh, James Hamlin to clear waivers to get to Baco. Uh, Xavier Borgo would be going to Baco loaned, just kind of getting down to because he doesn't have to clear. Uh, the Duke, do you remember this day? October the 4th, 1991, one of the greatest trades in Oilers history. Mark Messier to the New York Rangers for Bernie Nichols, Stephen Rice, and Louis DeBrusque. And now Louis made a home here and been great doing color commentating for the Oilers for, for many years. Uh, big, big trade. One of the few ones where you didn't see, and I mean, the Rangers and the Oilers made so many trades You know, when you think about it back then. Um, do you remember Stephen Rice at all? No, I don't. Okay, Stephen Rice was a pretty good junior player. Uh, the, the one thing that I remember about Stephen Rice, so it would be back in probably 90-ish, uh, he was on the world junior team. And this is back before... Um, I guess you could say there were, well, I'll just tell the story because I remember watching it on TV and now this would never happen. So Stephen Rice is sitting in the locker room after uh, the Canadians win and he's got like a 
dozen Molson Canadian under his stall, and he's just sipping on a cold one. So he's a 19-year-old guy probably, and he's just sucking back a cold one uh, on the bench, uh, on on the in the dressing room uh, after the win. But man, oh man! Uh, let's check into our text line, sports. 1440. It's at 1833401. 1440. Jays are done. Can't score more than one pathetic run. That's a Collins from Camrose. Steer Farmer on the roll call. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Have a great day and show. Uh, text line 1833401. Uh, we got another great show today. We're going to be talking, we're going to be a little Blue Jays heavy today. Obviously, this could be the last uh, day we talk about them playing a game. Uh, We'll see what happens this afternoon. That's a 238 first pitch again at the Target uh, Center in Minnesota. Uh, when we come back at 720, uh, we will check in with Sammy Silber from the Hockey News, and that'll be our puck report. Uh, interesting stories out of Washington when you think about it. Um, when you think about all the high profile head coaches uh, that the Capitals have had over the years. And they hire Spencer Carberry. Uh, was with the Toronto Maple Leafs for a couple of years. So uh, we'll check in with Sammy Silber. Uh, the Hockey News, Washington at 720. As he does every day, Mark Spector joins us at 8 o'clock for On the Mark for Booster Juice. Uh, uh, Speck had a couple interesting angles yesterday at... Uh, uh, Rogers Place talking to a few guys. So uh, that'll be an interesting conversation for sure. Uh, 840. Now you talk about interesting. This is interesting. Al Sim from the Red Deer Minor Hockey Association will guest with us from Red Deer. Now, what's going on in Red Deer? Well, the Red Deer Minor Hockey Association has been working for a couple of years to restore the heritage, the tradition for the Red Deer Optimist Chiefs logo and name. We know... So many things that's been hap- that have been happening here. We can talk about Eskimos Elks. You can talk about uh, Indians Guardians. You can talk about Redskins Commanders. How things have changed in that sense. Uh, quick sidebar: There's a, a, a group in Washington right now, an Indigenous group that want to bring back the name Redskins in Washington. This is a, a Native American group that wants to bring it back. They're filing a lawsuit uh, in federal court. Uh, that's way out there. But this in Red Deer is an interesting uh, situation when you look at it uh, in the sense that the Red Deer Minor Hockey Association has joined forces with Treaty 6 and Treaty 7 people to get this name, uh, to keep the name Red Deer Optimist Chiefs and uh, they're going to introduce the logo next week. Chief Willie Littlechild is going to be there. They're going to have many, many uh, 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 people that are going to celebrate this logo uh, at Service Arena next week for the home opener of the uh, under-18 uh, Optimist Chiefs. So interesting uh, dynamic here when you think about all the names uh, with Indigenous uh, organizations and indi- Indigenous logos, names of teams that have been trying to uh, or have changed their names, Red Deer is going the other way, working with the Indigenous people, with Treaty 6, with Treaty 7, 
to stay on board here and keep the name. Uh, David Schlemko will be our co-host 9 to 11. John Bonas will uh, check in from Minnesota for our playoff report. Uh, talk about Jays and, of course, uh, the Twins game number two today. Uh, how about uh, Matt Laughlin, an old play-by-play guy of uh, David Schlemko uh, from New Jersey was the uh, play-by-play guy, still is, uh, when David was there. And then at 10.20, how about this? Patrick LaForge, former president, CEO of the Edmonton Oilers, 20 years ago, the anniversary of the Heritage Classic coming up at the end of the month, the Flames and the uh, Oilers here on October 29th, but it was 20 years ago when Patrick LaForge, Cal Nichols, uh, Bruce Saville had this concept to have an outdoor game at uh, Commonwealth Stadium, and we'll look back with Patrick LaForge at 1020. Uh, so coming up at 720, right after the break, Sammy Silber from the Hockey News in Washington to talk a little capitals. This is the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. 720 in Edmonton. Text line 1-833-401-1440. A lot coming in uh, about the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get to those right after our next guest and it is the uh, puck report brought to you by fountain tire uh, right now during the road ready sales event you can save up to 25 percent on select tires and a bonus of 50 bucks off any service until october 21st book your appointment at fountaintire.com some restrictions uh do apply as we welcome in sammy silber from the hockey news in washington good morning sammy how are things in the nation's capital stateside for you today they're nice. It, it looks nice outside. I'm getting ready to uh, to leave for practice, so uh, all good here. How are you? Oh, just great. Thanks for uh, guesting with us. Uh, let's start at the top uh, and the, the new head coach in Washington, uh, Spencer Carberry. Yep. There have been so many high-profile coaches that the Capitals have had over the years. How is Spencer Carberry kind of fitting in as his first head coaching job in the NHL? He, he's he's looking great so far at camp, I gotta say. Um, the players love his enthusiasm. You can see it on the ice. It's a contagious energy is the way that several players have described it to me so far. Um, he puts a lot of emphasis on pace. He wants energy. He wants the most out of his players. And something else that Matthew Phillips actually explained mm-hmm. to me when I talked to him last week was, Carberry really likes to emphasize the why. Why they're doing certain drills. Why they're going to practice certain areas of their game, you know, at each day of training camp and practice and everything going forward. And the players just really like him. There's a lot of positive mentality. There's a lot of him wanting to get the very best out of his players, whether it's veterans or, you know, the young guys coming in. Um, You know, he's a young coach. He's ready for his first year, and he's been chomping at the bit, and I think it's really shown here at camp so far. Sammy Silber from the Hockey News in Washington is our guest on Sports 1440. When you mention the veterans, how have they perceived kind of a, a guy that's paid his dues? I mean, I, I liken Stephen Carberry to almost like uh, Pascal Vincent in Columbus under different circumstances, obviously, uh, but what have, what's been the takeaway and the reaction from the veterans so far? The veterans actually really like you know the the energy like i said i mean he he's not really a stranger to the organization you know he's been, he's been around the block you know he spent time with hershey so a lot of the hershey guys know him um but you know not just hershey you know when you're a hershey coach it doesn't mean you're down you know in the hl not passing you know not crossing paths with anybody so he's been up in bc you know the players know him well but you know ovechkin likes the pace that he brings you know, Backstrom likes the pace that he brings. They they enjoy the pace. Oshie likes the energy. You know, and Kuznetsov, you know, a player who is very, very, very excited to get going, 
you know, is having a lot of positive interactions with Carberry so far. And you can see it on the ice, you know, just when anybody huddles and he goes over the drills, you know, the veterans mm-hmm. are front and center and, you know, eager to get going. So it, it's nothing like, you know, the veterans are, you know, kind of not take like they're, they're taken to him, you know, they're, they're invested, they're buying in. There's a team that has a lot to prove. They know they have a lot to prove and you can see it in the interactions. We're with Sammy Silber, Hockey News Washington on Sports 1440. Uh, Carberry was in uh, Toronto the last two years, assistant coach, uh, looked after the team's power play there, and the power play in Toronto has been very good uh, under his watch there. Uh, do you see him kind of tweaking, making changes? Because Washington, with obviously with uh, Alex Ovechkin, had a dynamic power play for many, many years. Uh, where do you see the Capitals' power play moving forward under Carberry? Yeah, no, I mean, there's... There's a pretty good asset on the, you know, left point side there in Ovechkin. But, um, you know, you can see it in Carberry. You know, he's been running the power play a little bit. And, you know, we get glimpses kind of of what we could see in preseason. Um, you know, last night against Boston kind of, you know, provide a really good glimpse of what, you know, the big guys can do. You know, what Backstrom can do on the half wall. You know, Kuznetsov on the goal line, Wilson in the bumper. You know, there's there's a lot to experiment with and a lot of, tools that Washington has in its arsenal, mm-hmm. you know, beyond Ovechkin. Uh, and I think that's something that Carberry wants to emphasize is, hey, you know, we have Ovechkin at the point, and even if you know that shot's coming, it can still go in, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a rocket. So I think that there's a lot of different looks. I think that the movement, you can see there's more fluid movement, the passes, the plays, you know, there's a little bit of unpredictability. There's, you know, creativity and you know, I think it's something to, to really look forward to, you know, and as we go into the season here, we'll obviously get a much clearer look at what the units will be because it's still camp and it's still preseason yeah. and not a base plan. But, you know, it's it's promising so far from, from based on what I've seen, you know, at, at practices and in games. Sammy Silbers, our guest from the Hockey News in Washington. So, Sammy, uh, last night, 5-4 Capitals over the Bruins in the preseason contest. Uh, Matthew Phillips scored the overtime winner. He's from Calgary. Uh, yeah. Very, you know, his his stats in, you know, in, in junior in Victoria and then in Calgary in the minors uh, are off the charts. He's a smaller player, but how is he fitting in? I mean, has he got a good chance to crack this roster this year? I can't, at this point, I can't envision that he doesn't make it. He he has really gone, you know, out and showed the coaching staff what he can do with time and what he can do with a little bit of trust. And he's looking good out there. I mean, you can see it in his speed, you know, the skill, the hands, the shot. I mean, he has so many tools in his arsenal to make him a good player. And, yeah, I mean, you mentioned – you know, he's not the biggest guy, you know, and we and we talked about that. I caught up with him on one to kind of talk about that. But he plays a lot bigger than he is, you know. He's listed on the cap site as 5'7", 140. But he plays a lot bigger than, than he is. He, you know, drives to the net. He gets to the dirty areas. And he has the skill and the shot to score even if he's not in that playing, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's had these years in the pros. He's adjusted he knows how to hold his own and through the preseason I mean when you go out with the opportunities that you get and you put up a point in every preseason game you're playing but not just that you you are the most noticeable player out there one of the most noticeable players out there and 
you're going to make a statement, you know, you're going to catch the coaching staff's attention and you're going to make those decisions difficult. So I think that he's definitely, you know, earned, earned his spot. And last night just solidified that. Hmm. That's good to see. You always cheer for the, for the underdog, for the little guy. I mean, that's the way it goes yeah. uh, for sure. Um, Sammy Silber from the hockey news in Washington is our guest on the Kevin Carey show on sports for sports, 1440. Um, uh, of course, every time we we talk about Alex Ovechkin, it's the all-time goals mark. Uh, sitting at uh, 822, Wayne Gretzky at 894, so he's 72 back. So how much talk did that get last year? How much talk do you think it's going to get moving forward this year? I, I think most of Edmontonians, they have a, they're split here, Sammy. They, they want to see Alex Ovechkin do well, but a lot of people don't want to see him break Wayne Gretzky's record. That's just the simple facts. Um, how have you kind of had a front row seat to watch all this kind of shake down? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, I mean, just from getting to, you know, it was Ovechkin was a player I watched growing up and, you know, obviously grew up in D.C., so watching him for years, but when you have a front-row seat like I do, I mean, it, it's unbelievable to, to watch. You know, I mean, you see his shot, his durability, his consistency over the course of his career, and, you know, he just turned 38, and he still looks good at camp. You know, the mm-hmm. power is there. The playmaking is there. You know, his shot is still very, very, very hard, I can confirm. Um <laughs> But, yeah, no, I mean, I think last year, I mean, you, you have a lot of more talk about it because he's on the verge of 800. He's yeah. on the verge of, you know, passing how. He's, you know, there were multiple milestones that could be hit last year that, that he did. And, you know, despite the injuries, everything still ends up with, you know, 42 goals, has the most 40-goal seasons in NHL history. And, you know, looking at this year, there's not really any – you know, unless he goes out and he scores like 72 goals, Mm -hmm. there's not really any, you know, next milestone, if that makes sense. Like, uh, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, you know, his ability and you see, you know, okay, he's 38. His team, you know, is trying to get back into playoff form. What are we going to see from him this year? And I think you see a guy who, who's just determined to, not only score those goals, but but to help his team win, mm-hmm. to get another shot, you know, at, at the playoffs and, you know, prove that, hey, we're not heading, you know, toward a full-blown rebuild yet. So I think you see a lot from him. He looks he looks like he's in shape. He, you know, he says he's feeling better after dealing with, you know, a handful of injuries last year. He had a long summer to recover. And, you know, I think – I think we we just see Ovi. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> there are so many people that, you know, have, you know, sometimes, you know, questioned, okay, like, you know, he's turning this old now, you know, is it going to last? And every year he just, you know, proves that he can, that I'll say it simply again. Yes, he's Ovi. He, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get bet against him. So <laughs> Exactly. He, he's amazing. There's no question about it, uh, as we guessed with Sammy Silber from the Hockey News in Washington. So, um Management ownership has said we're going to spend, we're going to trade, we're going to surround Ovechkin uh, for the remainder of his career here to try to get uh, to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Do you see that? I see a team that's very determined to prove that they're still contenders. I think that it's a very intense landscape out there. Um, I know that Brian McCollin, you know, said this offseason that, you know, they were they were pushing for a couple moves and there was some exploration, you know, for another top six forward. 
you know, and, and nothing really, you know, panned out with that, you know, with the talks just going the way that they did. Um, but you see a team, you know, that comes in this year and, and they have, you know, their same core, but they're, you know, incorporating a lot of the younger guys, too, who are hungry and, you know, who are coming off, you know, Calder Cup run last year. And, and the will to win is there. It's just a matter of, hey, like, can we get back to form? Can, how are we going to adjust under Carberry? Can we keep up with, you know, the intense landscape, you know, that, hey, you know, they're in the Metropolitan Division, but you look at the Atlantic and it is stacked. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there's a lot. If you're going to be a team on the verge of a wild card spot, you have a lot of competition coming out of there. Not just your division, but, you know, you look at teams like Ottawa, you look at teams like Buffalo, you know, and, and there's a lot going on there. So I think that there's a team that their mind is in it. They have a lot to prove. They have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, fans, Cats fans should be, you know, optimistic. Um, it's it's hard to judge at this point, you know, if this is like a, a Stanley Cup contender. But I think you see a team that's that's hungry to prove a lot and, and does have a lot, you know, to, to show for themselves. Hey, Sammy, what was the reaction when uh, Tom Wilson signed his extension that runs through 2030? 31, so it's a long ways away. It kicks in next year. Um, 29 years old right now. So uh, around the league, I think it raised a few eyebrows, certainly did here. Uh, what was the reaction in, in Washington? I think it was expected. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of eyebrows raised around the league, but it really wasn't that surprising if you're in Washington. And here's why. You know, Wilson brings, you know, he, he's shown a lot of growth in the last few years. You know, his offense is going up. He's showing that he can be a 50-plus point player. But it goes beyond that. It's what he means to the organization off the ice. You know, in the locker room, he's one of the most vocal guys. You know, his his teammates love him. They may not like playing against him, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but they love him, you know, in there. And I think that you have a guy, too, who's, you know, when the Ovechkin era ends, when the Backstrom era ends, when the Carlson era ends, you know, he's still going to be here, and, and he's, you know, like more than likely the next captain. Yeah. You know, there's a guy who's become the face of the franchise. He's become a sound voice in the room. He exemplifies, you know, the will and effort to win. He's out there, you know, pushing hard, showing he can be a top six player, you know, and, and really winning that role over the last few years and being consistent in it. And, you know, last year, an ACL, you know, injury, and that, you know, he was limited to 33 games, but he still put up, you mm-hmm. know, 13 goals. 22 points. Okay. There's a lot there with Wilson. Uh, and I think that, I think that that being said, it really wasn't surprising to see that Washington's going to keep him around, not just for his production, but you know, he takes a little bit of a hometown discount right. and you know, he's likely to be your next captain. Of course, you're going to lock him up. Okay. Uh, good perspective from uh, Washington. Uh, let's discuss the uh, age factor with Sammy Silver. Alex Ovechkin, 38. Nick Backstrom, 35. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, 31. TJ Oshie, 36. Uh, Anthony Manthan and Tom Wilson will turn 30 next year. Uh, on the blue line, John Carlson, 33. Nick Jensen, 33. Uh, Joel Edmondson's 30. Um, Darcy Kemper in goals, 33. Uh, when you hear all those numbers, 
Do you do you feel there's a window right now that it has to be done in the next year, year or two? Uh, and how are the capitals in the prospect pool set for rebuilding down the road? Yeah, no, I mean, it's there's definitely a window. I mean, it's, you know, it's, if you're looking at a team that, you know, didn't qualify for the playoffs and you're like, oh, the window to win the Stanley Cup is now, I think that the window at this point is, okay, let's get another shot at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when you have these players, you know, not just their Asian consideration, but the contracts, you know, Ovechkin has three years left. You know, Kuznetsov has two years left. You know, Mantha's in his contract year. You know, you, you got a lot of questions, not just with their age, but, but the contracts and what comes next because of that age, you know, because if Ovi breaks the record in three years and he's, you know, 41, is he going to keep playing? You know, so there are a lot of questions there. And you look at the group now and, and you kind of, you know, you see last season how it went and, you know, things kind of, the conversation kind of shifts to, okay, we're going to focus, you know, on trying to get back to form, you know, the OV goal record, but we're not going to rebuild at this point. Maybe our play now is to retool a little bit. Um, so I think there's a lot of dependent factors beyond the age. Is the window there? Yeah. Is the pressure there? Yeah. You don't know how much longer these guys are going to play. So, and you, and you know, the team also with the man games loss and injuries, I mean, even Joel Edmondson, you know, in a non-game scrimmage in camp, you know, breaks his hand, has to have surgery. Hmm. You know, so there's there's a lot of factors that play into it with the window. The pressure's there. There's a chip on the shoulder. Um, and there's a lot to think about. But right now I don't see this team near the rebuild so much as the retool until those guys hang them up. Sammy Silber, thanks for this. Uh, I think a lot of um, reporters, uh, broadcasters are kind of jealous of you because you get to watch Alex Ovechkin uh, kind of push for this record. Uh, I guess, you know, all the reporters and broadcasters uh, in Edmonton, we've got the front row seat for uh, Connor McDavid and, and, yeah. and, and Leon Dreisettle. Sometimes we take it for va- uh, take it uh, take it for advantage. Uh, there's no question about that. But, I mean, to yep. see a guy do it for this long in, in Ovechkin, it's, it's got to be fun to watch for you. Thanks for this. Uh, enjoy the rest of the preseason and the regular season coming up all right thank you so much for having me that's sammy silber from the hockey news in uh, washington for the puck report um, brought to you by fountain tire uh you know hey it doesn't really matter if there is snow on the ground yet it's the temperature change that matters more as a signal to change your tires top of the hour we will check in with mark specter on the mark for Booster Juice uh, from Rogers Sportsnet. Uh, when we come back, a little open time for uh, what, what what I like to call now is uh, uh, DOD. That's coming in from uh, on our text line from Aaron. Uh, KK and DOD, that's the Duke of Delburn. So now, you, like, the nicknames are just coming in for you, Duke. you got to be ecstatic about that. I mean, hey, call me, call me whatever you want. Just uh, don't call me late for dinner, right? That's how the that's how the phrase goes, Kev. <laughs> yes, it is. That's Aaron from Hannah, uh, KK, and uh, Dod. Love the show, boys. Jays are still alive. They outhit them and have the more explosive offense. They won't go away without a fight. Today will be a nail biter, and then Bassett will shut them down after that. Jays in three. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little Jays. We've got some Oilers sound uh, from yesterday when I was down at the rink. Um, Derek Ryan, I think we'll uh, check in with uh, Dr. When we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. 
All right, welcome back to the big program. 7.43 in the City of Champions. Uh, Oilers in action tonight against the Calgary Flames. Second last preseason game. Friday, the uh, Seattle Kraken are here, and then things get underway uh, next Wednesday in Vancouver. And then uh, the home opener is Saturday on October the 14th when... The same Vancouver Canucks uh, pay a visit to Rogers Place. Uh, down at uh, Oilers yesterday, had a few chats with a couple of guys, including Derek Ryan, the former University of Alberta Golden Bear, and signed a two-year contract uh, to stay in Edmonton. It probably could have gone elsewhere, uh, but when we had our discussion yesterday, it was a, a simple decision. It was a quick decision for the guys, uh, the guy that they called DR. And he's ecstatic to come back to a situation where the Oilers have an excellent chance to do some damage in the playoffs. But he's a guy, especially with, with what happened to Brandon Sutter in the uh, preseason, saying uh, I'm opting out of my PTO. Uh, this is a guy in Derek Ryan where the Oilers have, uh, Jay Woodcroft in particular, has the luxury of moving him in and out. He can go into the fourth line center role. He can uh, go to the right side. He can go to the left side. He is the Swiss Army knife down there, and he has the ability to give Jay Woodcroft, a lot of options. Uh, here's our discussion from yesterday. Derek, how was the summer? How did things go in the offseason to kind of get ready for another kick at the cat here? Uh, just your overall thoughts on uh, moving forward to another season here. Yeah, summer was great. Uh, a lot of good family time uh, with the kids, the wife, and family back home in Spokane. Um, you know, a lot of training, obviously, getting ready for the season, and uh, it's always nice to get back. You know, there's a little bit of an itch that starts the early parts of August, and we got here early September, so we've been here for about a month now and um, ready to get things going for sure. What were you doing with the kids that you were running around so much in the summer? Yeah, uh, well, my son's a hockey player, so we had that going on, a lot of golf uh, with him and my daughter as well. My daughter's into tap dance and horseback riding, so uh, pretty busy for sure. It's uh, their fun ages seven and nine so it keeps us real busy what is it about being a dad that just it's so much fun when you're running around I mean the guys just can't stop talking about it yeah it's the best feeling you you see the joy and happiness in the kids faces when um, they're doing things that they love and spending time with you and uh, you know obviously for myself I don't get to spend a ton of time with them during the season so the summer is a pretty special time to to relish those moments at the end of last season uh, you, you probably had options to look at but made a real quick decision to come back here was it an easy decision for you to make yeah it was uh, honestly you're right I probably could have gone somewhere else and you know a few more dollars in there too but um, at this point in my career um, we we love Edmonton we love living here my kids are are solidified we have roots growing and and probably most importantly I felt like we have a chance to win here and uh, I'm at the point in my career where that's uh, that's the most important thing and so I think we're building something special obviously there's no givens in the NHL so uh, we got to go out there and, and start from scratch, but uh, I like this group. It's a special group, and I like spending time here. Can you describe the difference, if there is one, the feeling as opposed to this year to last year? A lot of the same key components. Um, maybe the message at the end of last year was different than the year prior, but is there something that you can put your finger on what's different going into this year than years past year? 
Yeah, definitely a different feeling at the end of last year compared to the the end of the previous season. Uh, training camp is always just a fresh start. I feel like you know we have a we're trying to remember that pit that we had in the in our stomachs after the loss to Vegas. But um, at the end of the day, we have to move on, learn, um, you know, resharpen our focus. And I feel like that's the biggest difference this year is that that everyone's just sharp. Everyone's looking forward to the grind, the battle, and uh, we're focused on the the everyday things that we have to do to, to be at our best. They say you're never too old to stop learning. What did you try to fo- focus on maybe a little in the offseason? And is there something, one component that you want to try to bring maybe a little more uh, this year that you can? Uh, nothing real specific for me. Honestly, I've solidified my game. Um, I know what I need to do to be successful here in the bottom six. And it's just being able to do that on a more consistent basis. Um, providing leadership in the dressing room for sure is a big part of it too. But um, yeah, just contributing offensively and then being a, a big uh, big factor in the penalty kill defensive uh, side of things and um, yeah is there someone that uh, a younger player on the team that you're looking forward to seeing a take a step forward this year that maybe uh, more so than another player yeah there's probably quite a few actually uh, the first ones that come to mind is probably Holloway I think uh, he's looked real strong here the past probably the past year, a year and a half. I think he's just a really good kid. He works hard. He's a strong player. Looking forward to seeing him uh, grow and develop. Uh, McLeod, I don't know if he's considered the super young kids that you're talking about, but he's another one that I think that is due for a, a real good breakout season. He's a great player, fast, great skills, and plays both sides of the puck. So I think he'll, both those guys will, are going to be taking some big steps for us. Eric, thanks for this. Good luck this season. Yeah, thank you. That's Oilers forward Derek Ryan in conversation yesterday following uh, practice. And again, what a doofus I was. I, I had one question that I wanted to ask him because uh, we talked about it with one of our previous guests, Zach Daly, uh, head coach of the McEwen Griffins. Uh, we had Zach on a little over a week ago. And, uh, well, the two of them played together, it would be about a dozen years ago at the University of Alberta. So, you know, then Zach went on, did some things, and, of course, Derek went on to uh, overseas and things like that. But, uh, you know, uh, Zach Daly was talking about what a great, uh, even he wasn't in pro yet, but a great pro at the time that uh, Derek Ryan was. That was his last season at the University of Alberta. Had 17 goals and 30 assists to lead the team in scoring uh, in 2010-11. And then after that, I mean, he he said, I'm going to go play in Europe. He went to Austria, played a few seasons in Austria, and then had the opportunity to come back in the Carolina Hurricanes uh, organization. And, and I mean, he made the most of it. He paid his dues. He went to Charlotte for a full season, got called up uh, in to go to Carolina at the end of the year, uh, then back and forth the, the, the following season. But it's one of those things where a guy says, I ain't going back anymore. I'm not going back. He he received an opportunity uh, in 2016-2017 with Carolina. He took advantage of that opportunity. Had a sensational year uh, for a guy just kind of coming into the league as an older player. Uh, had 11 goals, 18 assists in his first full season uh, in the NHL. And, and since then, really, he's been nothing but consistent. All Derek Ryan has done is perform his job uh, what's asked of him from the coaching staff, from the organization, wherever it be, 
whether it's in Carolina, where it was in Calgary, or here in Edmonton for two seasons, now going on three. Anything that has been asked of Derek Ryan, he has performed those tasks uh, to a T. He's, uh, you know, he's done everything and more. Uh, last year, 13 goals. And this, again, this is without any power play time. Uh, he had a career-high 15 goals uh, with Carolina in 2017. Then ended up going to Calgary, had 13 goals, uh, 10 goals. Um, uh, 2020-21 was a shortened season for him with injuries and things like that. Uh, but every other season, he has been a model of consistency. Uh, Derek Ryan is a perfect, perfect player for this organization. A two-year contract, signs at $900,000 a year. Basically what that contract is, is uh, when you're sniffing things out, your agent or you think, okay, I can probably get a million and a half or whatever for for one season or 1.4 or whatever it is. Uh, but then you talk it over with, say, a guy like Kenny Holland, and they say, okay, we'll give you two years. You're still, you know, you got a lot of tread left on the tires. He reached the 500-game pl- uh, plateau last year, Derek Ryan did. So uh, Derek Ryan still has a lot of tread on the tire, even though – uh, he is 36 years old, coming 37 uh, in December. Um, the ability to play everywhere on that fourth line, to move up when needed, uh, penalty killing, uh, he's a perfect addition to a top-heavy lineup uh, when you look at uh, ice time, when you look at uh, cap situation, uh, just a, and a perfect teammate. Uh Derek Ryan is a critical part of this team in in a bottom you know uh, six role for sure. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Wanted to mention that the Edmonton uh, Oil Kings with a big victory last night in Prince. Albert, uh, three nothing, uh, shutout victory over the Raiders. Colby Hay, thirty three saves uh, to turn the trick uh, for the Oil Kings, and now the Oil Kings continue their uh, road trip in. Uh, Saskatchewan as they head into Saskatoon today, or as uh, Vladdy Guerrero would call it, Saskatoon, or however he, he couldn't get that out when he did the Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner there. Uh, in Saskatoon tonight, and then uh, back here on October the 7th, uh, Prince Albert Raiders as the uh, Oil Kings open up. That's a long homestand for the Oil Kings. They got Prince Albert, Lethbridge, Saskatoon, and then uh, Red Deer with a couple of games that doesn't happen uh, very often. Uh, And then Seattle. So uh, a long homestand. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six games over the course of 15 days uh, for the Oil Kings. All right. So when we come back at the top of the hour, we will check in with Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice. Uh, Before we pump the brakes, though, it's time for a sports update, and this Sports 1440 update is brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays, and you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is DOD, the Duke of Delburn.